Hello, friends and fans, and welcome to Copywriter Confessions. Before getting into today's confession, I'd like to first thank today's sponsor. The Invoice. Just because you have one doesn't mean you're getting paid. As Adele says, Should you give up or should you just keep chasing payments? The Invoice. Why is it called that? No one knows. Today's guest is Zoe Hawkins, a former video game and tech journalist turned content marketer with over a decade of experience. Welcome, Zoe! <laughs> Janet, how's it going? Tell me, what is your copywriter confession? My copywriter confession is you are paying for my lunch break. Oh, I am, huh? <laughs> uh, I guess... When I was a freelance copywriter, I was not always, I was purposefully not always 100% accurate with how much time things took me to actually complete. I was not trying to like cheat anyone. I was not trying to be dishonest, but I was a very fast writer. I still am, but I was such a fast writer that it would be a situation where people would be like, we'll pay you. X amount for, you know, your time. And it was like, well, I can get so much more done in this time that I'm not going to get paid my actual value unless I kind of had out the timing a little bit. I think a lot of those who hire freelancers and pay by the hour may not be aware of this padding practice you mentioned. So how did you establish your rates initially? It's really hard to figure out what your rate should be. I remember listening to a podcast many years ago and, okay, for easy numbers, like let's imagine you want to earn $100,000 a year, you know, by however many number of weeks. So you're not going to want to work the full 52 weeks a year. So do you want two weeks off, four weeks off, 10 weeks off? Like you, you come up with the number that works for you and then you take the remaining number of weeks and divide that to figure out how much money you need to make per week. And then you can divide that further to figure out your hourly rate. So that would at least inform kind of what I'm looking for. And this is where I'll be happiest. So how are you able to move beyond hourly work and more into project-based? I think what was really helpful was once I learned how they operated. So, for example, like I did some esports copywriting work and so I knew that it was centered on like a given tournament and so I could say okay I'll write all of your emails your website copy like I could kind of give the idea of what a package could look like and then negotiate around a project that way versus me just like why don't you put me on retainer for this much per month and it was like that's not what they needed. They were really just focused on a specific event. And this was all to support that, even though it was several months in the making. So that was one. And then another one, you know, I, I did work that I know is not, not for everyone, but like writing about like casino content. And I was able to pitch like a series of lifestyle blogs. And that was quite helpful to be like, okay, obviously I'll still write all of your like awful casino content. But like, here are some fun, like five best places for Thanksgiving in Las Vegas, things like that, that um, I could pitch as like a bundle or a package versus an hourly rate. And that saved me from having to figure out, well, I already read about this restaurant and I could apply it to a few different pieces. Versus maybe something where, you know, like if they were paying me per hour, I'd have to estimate like if I were redoing this research, how long would it take me? It sounds like 
you were coming to them with a bit of strategy and some new ideas that weren't in the original scope and in so doing you were demonstrating the potential of your value too. Yeah, and I think that's key for any freelancer as well is like you want to be more than just a way that they get words written. I think especially now, not to be cliche, but like, you know, if you say like, what are the five most important places to visit in X city? ChatGPT can write that for you. So you need to do a bit more than that. Like you need to come essentially with the prompts. Like, what should we be writing about? Why would someone care? How would this help us? What would you say is the biggest misconception around pay for freelance copywriters? I think that I really struggle with this idea of like, know your worth. I thought I knew my worth and I was still grossly underpaid. And I think it really depends on your industry and your own knowledge of even like what's possible. What would you say is your ultimate advice for setting rates? I think you really have to get to know your potential employer at least a little bit just to know like, do they base it on first drafts? Do you have to go back and do revisions? How many revisions? Like, Really set the parameters before you quote on a price, because all of those are going to impact what you would have to charge and how much time it's really going to take. So, Zoe, what do you say to people not in favor of padding your working hours? With copywriting, it's such creative work. You know, I would need to take a walk after a few hours of writing. Like, I'm not going to write as well if I don't. Do I charge for that? Yeah, that's part of the process is paying for the person to like turn the brain back on. You know, you're going to get better work if you're actually paying for that whole experience. Recent surveys found that the most popular way freelance writers charge is per project, 50%. Per hour is the second most popular method at 26%. And per word is the least popular way to charge clients with just 19%. Looking at the most popular rate structure per project you have to wonder, how do freelancers decide what to charge? The top five criteria freelance writers use to determine per-project prices are hours required to complete the project, research involved, total word count, scope or scale of the project, and the complexity of the product itself. It's also worth noting that per-project is the most popular way for high-earning freelance writers with eight or more years of experience to price their work. Today, there are more places than ever to find freelancing work, but the most interesting to me is often thought to be the most mundane, staffing agencies. They do the upfront legwork of vetting freelancers to curate candidates for hiring managers and typically also take care of invoicing and billing, but they're effectively middlemen and inflate candidates' rates to include their own cut. So while you may typically charge $100 an hour, the staffing agency will charge the client 130 I've known staffing agencies that add on as much as 40% of a freelancer's hourly rate, unbeknownst to the client. The other noteworthy thing about staffing agencies is that they're subject to state labor laws. So a freelancer could have two different clients through the same staffing agency, but can only work 40 hours between them. Staffing agencies won't pay overtime and neither will their clients. It's simply not part of the payment terms. And lastly, most staffing agencies only allow for hourly pay rates, not project-based work. That's it for today's episode. You can check out the show notes for links to the articles and stats I mentioned. If you'd like to become a sponsor of the Copywriter Confessions podcast, email sponsors at copyconfessions.com. If you have a copywriter confession you'd like to share on the podcast, email me, Janet, at copyconfessions.com. 
And lastly, if you'd like to receive copywriting career advice, email hello at copyconfessions.com. 